Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. And today you're going to hear from a great speaker. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Masterpiece Women, we're so happy to be with you today, and I'm so excited for you to hear from Shala Graham. Wow, how exciting to have you. I actually learned about her on a um, blog from Proverbs 31 Women. I read it and went, oh my gosh, I love what this woman has to say, and I think every Masterpiece Woman podcast listener needs to hear from her. So thank you for joining me and having a willing heart to um, really invest in the women that are listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear a little bit about you and who you are and what God's um, doing in, in you and through you. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I love um, investing in God's women. Um, my background, I've been an entrepreneur for the last 17 years. Um, and my journey, it's, it's kind of all over the place. I started um, about a year out of college when a job just did not turn out to be what I thought it was going to be. And I was like, dear Jesus, I just got engaged and I need to pay rent. And so the hustle <laughs> began um, and I literally, I always tell people that my first business plan was a prayer, dear Lord, please bless the work of my hands, amen. And God did some things. And so I started as a graphic and web designer, uh, built up a branding side of it, um, did some certifications in that area that became my passion, branding, uh, web design, being able to communicate in that way. I launched a co-working space. We turned eight years uh, this March, 2022. Uh, we are weathering the pandemic, bless the Lord. And, um, and then I started a photography business. And then around 2016, uh, God began calling me into ministry um, in a more formal way. And so I ended up um, helping launch a youth ministry for a church. So I was a youth pastor for about four years, part-time, uh, ran their Marcom division, got pulled into being the small groups pastor. Um, so all of that still being bivocational, still running businesses um, with my feet in ministry. And then at the mm, middle of 2020, I felt God saying, um, I need you to really launch and, and invest um, in a different way in ministry. And so I gave the church a few months notice that I was resigning off of staff so that I could build Calling Qualified Ministries, which is all about activating women and their call. I love encouraging women to courageously chase their call because the reality is when God has called you to something, whatever that is, it takes courage, um, which is not the absence of fear, but doing it anyway. Um, Absolutely. And able to <laughs> walk in obedience. And so I love... Um, helping women understand uh, what their voice is, who God has called them to, uh, what that looks like, and, um, and then helping them. In that, I'm, I'm bringing in kind of the branding skills and even in all of the kind of being on staff stuff. I mean, churches will juice you, bless the Lord. 
for every single gift and talent that you got. They will. Uh, <laughs> and then and, some. <laughs> uh, and, and then some. I was like, y'all need photography. You need design. You need some social stuff. You need me on youth. You need me on small groups. You need me on business planning. Like it was um, a lot, uh, but it was good. It was good to see because sometimes I would think, oh man, I've invested so much time, energy, training in a lot of business things. Um, and then to see God using like every single thing within to build his kingdom uh, was super cool. And so even being outside of the local church from a, a work standpoint, it's so cool to see God doing really cool things. Even as a photographer, I focus on headshots and personal branding for women. It's like um, I get the opportunity to help women see themselves the way that God sees them. Because oftentimes we come before cameras with all of our insecurities and our fears of the things, right? right. And um, they just, I have so many women who are like, I never take a good, I've never taken. And I was like, well, baby, you didn't have the right photographer. You didn't have someone who could pull this out. And so we just have so much fun. And sometimes they oh, come, that's great. They come little mini therapy sessions in the, in the photo <laughs> I was going to say, um, can you come to South Florida? I am, you, I am that <laughs> woman. Like, I feel like I'm so much better in person than I'm the photograph. Either that or I just um, see myself differently in person. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. And I will happily come to South Florida. Oh, I already good, have good. a friend whose mom was like, so can you, can we set up a day in Tampa? I'll find some people and we will make this work. So you let me know. We can talk offline about that, but that's a little bit about me. I'm, I'm here in the DC area. I've been married for 16 years. Um, and yeah, that's exciting. I love your passion for women. And um, when you talk about women seeing themselves, a couple of things that came up earlier today is so often women are in competition with one another. Mm -hmm. There's there, and so much of that is stemmed from insecurity. You know, mm -hmm. as leaders in our communities, leaders in our businesses, and whether we're an entrepreneur or could be that you work for an organization, mm -hmm. oftentimes in lieu of us helping and being the best leaders we can be and bringing people up under us, the fear of not being good enough or them surpassing us, that competitive mm -hmm. thing kicks in and we don't support one another the way we should. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to hear from you a little bit about um, when you launched your business, You know, what were some of the things that you learned in that first season in mm. regards to like, what are those tangible lessons that women are probably going through right now as they're starting to start their own businesses that you were having to overcome in that season? And how did you overcome them? Yeah. So I think early um, in business, um, there's always this planning, right? I like to plan, but you can't over plan to the point that you get analysis paralysis. And that's where I see a lot of people in the early stages, they get so caught up with all of the things that need to be done that they get overwhelmed instead of just taking the next few steps. Um, and so I'm, I like to have my systems in place. I like to know that my, uh, I know how I'm going to track what I'm doing. I know how I'm going to communicate I like things to be organized. I'm very big on like efficiency because I'm, you know, like they say time is money and I don't like to waste either. And so I got to yeah. keep everything together, um, making sure that your marketing 
right? Uh, the build it and they will come is not a thing, right? I, I worked in my first business being a graphic and web design firm. You know, so many people would think that they were going to build their website, right? Launch their blog, do whatever, and think the door is open now, the influx. <laughs> now, that's not, not so much. That's not, not at all. That's not how that works. Um, so figuring out how do you drive the traffic? I've been a very big fan of SEO, Google ads when I need them. I'm not a big throw me in a room and network person. I'm, I, I, I read as very extroverted, but deep down inside, I am not. Um, and so I'm like, what can I do to make, you know, somebody's technology do that for me? Um, so just making sure that you're connecting, you're talking to people, even you know, your friends, your, your family, the people that you feel safe, perhaps if you're slightly more introverted like me, um, to just let people know what you're doing and, you know, get the word out, try new things. I'm a very big, throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks, throw it up against the wall, see if it sticks first business, super risk averse going into the second business, slightly less risk averse. And at this point, I'm kind of like. <laughs> let's just let's just see what happens. You know, you learn not to tie too many things up into money. I am by far not wealthy. I'm right in the middle of middle class, just coasting right there, and I'm grateful for it. Um, but it's just one of those things where you're just like, I'm just gonna try it because I think that if God has put something in your heart, if he's dropped a seed in there, it's there for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, and he's given the directive. And if he's given the directive, he's going to bless it. Um, and so my form of like testing the spheres, again, is throw it up against the wall, see if it sticks. If it don't stick, then Jesus hand ain't on it. So I'm going to keep it moving. Absolutely. Um, so, I, I yeah. love that. Um, I was just speaking to a woman just recently. She's trying to start her own online business and she has no idea what she wants to do to create a membership site. And I'm like, try one. What? Mm -hmm. Just try it. I'm like, just try it. What's the worst thing that can happen? It doesn't work. You try something else, right? Yeah. Like, just try it. Do it afraid. Do it scared. Stretch yourself. And I think that's one of the things that, um, that, holds people back is that fear of, but mm -hmm. what if it doesn't stick? Yeah. What have you then lost? You've learned, you'll always <laughs> learn something. You, you just move on. What if it does stick? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, it's interesting because Masterpiece Woman came from a vision God gave us and we just went full force and went, okay, we're going to do this. It was a no we, November, I believe we said, yes, definitely we're doing it. And then we had our first event in January. It's like, what were we thinking? Like, we just did it. Like, and then you're like, oh, and then now it's like, okay, we really got to get more strategic on, yeah. you know, strategy and marketing. And one of my friends who's rebranding our website for us, um, helping us, we have a team of incredible leaders, but mm -hmm. we really believe God said to do it. So we did it and we sure. didn't know where it was going. And I remember talking to a donor and she's like, well, what's your plan for it? I'm not sure yet. It depends on how it goes, you know, mm -hmm. and because I really had no idea. Right. And, from the world's business perspective, that yeah. might not have been the wisest thing to do, but I just knew that God called us to do it. So we just did it. And yeah. sure enough, you know, yep. he's, now he's given us all the wisdom to move it forward in the right way yeah. and more strategically. But yeah. Oftentimes we're on uh, the same plan Abraham was on. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, go in that general direction. Yeah. And uh, I'll let you know when you get there. All right. <laughs> See ya. Enjoy that. Um, yeah. 
and so, so and that's okay you know yeah. uh, sometimes that's just what it needs to be and sometimes we have more strategic plans and that's fine um but we roll with it absolutely well i love how you um identify yourself and you have had callings from the lord to do ministry you've had callings to do business and i believe that oftentimes um women don't see where they're at as being their calling if they're in a business environment they feel like that's that's their business that's their vocation and then here's on the other side is their ministry calling so i would love for you to speak a little bit into how you um were able to take your calling and where you were in business and turn that into the ministry that you have sure um i think it's important when people understand calling um as purpose and god's purpose can be done anywhere right it can be done in a high-rise corporate office in the c-suite it can be done out in the fields you know of some other country it can be done anywhere and so it's really saying okay god what is it that you have purposed for me to do how do i keep my eyes open for the opportunities because the reality is there there are lost people everywhere from the c-suite and on down there are people everywhere and so god has strategically planted people in different places to reach people that other people can't reach and so i always like to think wherever i'm at god has um ordained something here so even in business i knew my first business i had um a few employees not everyone was christian but i said okay how do i show up as a christian leader business owner in a way that um makes the kingdom of god sweet mm -hmm. how do i make it because i'm i'm in an area that is so um charged right the dc area in so oh, many yeah. different ways um very diverse in every single way that you can think of which usually is a really good thing mm -hmm. um but um i there's a lot of uh bad reputation for the christian community and so i was like how do i change that like that for this season is my purpose and my calling mm -hmm. in the midst of this business um at, at a certain season i decided to focus on nonprofit organizations um so i could say hey if you're going to come work with me you got to care about the poor you got to care about people who need access to education who need access to justice like these are things that we care about um, i had my employees writing letters to kids and compassion um compassion international i was like look you ain't got to be in your bible but you better be able to write a letter to somebody in poverty and actually care about them if you're going to be a part of this team like this is a character i love that that's um, great and they did it and what was so cool is because i could see all the letters that were being sent out and i could see my team members go from general to i'm praying for you too and even that small thing is like mm -hmm. they've never said that never not in the years and so those are ways that I see God moving and, and allowing us to operate in our calling um, wherever we are. And then as I, I think in 2016, I was writing and I was like, God, I, I feel called to speak and to write. And I was like, I have no platform. I have no audience. I'm not even in a place that really allows me to do what I think I'm called to do. But I got a YouTube like everybody else. And if like two people see this, 
devotional that I'm going to put on here, I'm just going to do it in obedience. And so I would have like a photo shoot and I would um, rent a space. So it had a nice kind of environment. So I would do the photo shoot. And then in like the extra 15 minutes that I had before my rental was up, I would pop open my camera and then I would record a five minute devotional. <laughs> Honey, I love maxim- it. <laughs> maximizing time here. And I was like, I already knew, um, you know, some things. And it was just like my quiet times. I was like, I don't have a lot of time. I didn't write manuscripts. I was like, I'm just going to speak what God has already given me. And I'm going to hit record. And then I'm going to hit record again. And I had to get myself into a place. I kind of need to repent and get back to it. Um, but I was like, Charlotte, you're not here to like re-record five different times. You ain't got time for that. Also, this isn't about you. So what you're going to do is you're going to do one take and this is it. And then you're going to like put it online and see what happens. And sometimes it would, it, I was tickled when I first did it because it would be like my high school boyfriend who would see it on social media and be like, wow, that really like meant so much to me. And I was like, oh, God bless. Um, not who I thought was going to be seeing this, um, but amen. Whatever Amen. God wants to do, however he wants to do it, um, I'll take it. Um, and so it's just one of those things where it's just like, how do I step in obedience, right? Mm-hmm. And making sure that we understand that our calling is not isolated, right? Like it, it's in this box, right? Where I have to, in this box is where I fulfill my calling instead of saying, you know what? My calling is my whole life. It's yeah. everything and everyone and everywhere that I go. How do I show up for Jesus? How do I show up for the kingdom? How do I make an impact? And then see what God does because the reality is the things that we do change by season, right? Particularly if you're someone who, like me who kind of gets bored. I don't want to say bored, I like doing new things, right? So I'm only going to do a certain thing for a handful of years before I want to try something new. So, because I like to learn. And if I feel like I've mastered, you know, a technique or a subject, I'm like, I want to go learn something else. So let's start a new business. I don't know how to have hobbies. I just start businesses. So, (laughs) but I can still function in my calling in each of those businesses. And so that's why I had to like, (laughs) I I was feeling like, Cheryl, how do you not sound schizophrenic in all of the somewhat different things that you do? And so I kind of had to be like, Cheryl, what is it? What's kind of at the root of who I am? And that's how I came up with this kind of phrase for myself, courageously chasing the call. Like, love that. Whatever it is, I'm just going to courageously chase it down. And I want other women to do the same thing, wherever that takes you, you know, for Paul, like, some days the call was in Macedonia, in Rome, in Ephesus. Some days he was making tents. Some days he was preaching the gospel. Like, just yeah. roll with it. And so, yeah. I love that. I You remind me, actually. So currently, I've never done podcasts. I'm new at all of this. And I started doing, um, I felt like God said to do this Bible study when we had a retreat in the fall on in Exodus. And I hesitated because... I've done Bible studies a thousand times, but not in a video format, not mm-hmm. in a, you know, I've led a kazoodles of them, but I felt like I was supposed to do it and put it on YouTube. And I did exactly what you described. First take was like three times I had my hair and today I was, <laughs> I was doing one and I kind of did the same thing. I went down, I was reading my Bible and all you could see is my hair in the uh-huh. whole picture. And I thought, okay, should I redo it? I'm like, 
who cares? It's real. It's right. It's like, it's just what you did next time. You'll do this right now. You're doing this. Like, does it really matter? It's what the word of God is. But it was, it was so funny because I had to say to myself, Tina, this really isn't about you. This is God told you to do this. And is it perfect? No. Is it, but neither are we, you know? And I think sometimes us being raw and being real and being authentic, not sometimes always Mm -hmm. is so much more valuable to women that are hearing from us than us putting on the perfect thing, having our makeup just perfect and doing the perfect video because then they, well, how am I ever going to get there? Right. Never mind that you took 15 takes before you did it, you know, but, and so I just find that doing things more authentically and just, you know, real tend Mm -hmm. to be, um, what I feel like God keeps telling me doing. It's almost embarrassing sometimes when I think of it from a human perspective, like they're going to think I am just not very savvy, but guess what? That's okay. You know what? It's okay. It does not have to be perfect. And I think that's a big lesson that you mentioned is mm-hmm. not getting stuck in those tiny little perfection things because yeah. they, they will paralyze you and you mm-hmm. don't ever achieve whether it's a calling yeah. in, you know, um, your business or just a goal you're trying to reach, whatever that is, if you're paralyzed with having to be perfect and mm-hmm. between social media and everything out there that says to us now, if you're not perfect, you're not valuable. Well, God right. says, no, you're valuable just the way you are. You are mm-hmm. his masterpiece. And really mm-hmm. seeing ourselves the way God sees us changes the whole perspective, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's so freeing. It's like, it it's is. Like, whatever. <laughs> right. And that's the analysis paralysis, right? They, People yep. just get stuck in, um, it can get dangerous and we just never, I think, I think it's one of Satan's greatest tools, right? The analysis paralysis. Like if I can just get them stuck with a great vision and then they're going to feel guilty because they're not doing what God told us. So now I got a double whammy on like, okay, let's just yep. move forward in obedience. And God is fully capable of fixing, filling in gaps and ultimately reaching who he needs to reach. You just got to do your part. Absolutely. 100%. Well, and it is interesting because you do have that flip side of the coin where people, I'm just going to wait on God. I'm going to wait to hear from mm-hmm. God. I'm going to wait to hear from God. I'm there are six months oh. later still waiting to hear from God. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you have, and sometimes he does tear, not to say that he always answers every single prayer immediately, but mm-hmm. I feel like that in itself, oftentimes you'll find people that get paralyzed with that whole piece of the perfection in even yeah. hearing from God, you know, yeah. well, if you already have it in your spirit, just like you said, just try it. Mm-hmm. It's okay to yeah. move forward. I don't believe God tells us to just stay, you know, frozen where we're at until we get 200% confirmation, you know? Yeah. yeah it's one of those things where it, it becomes a question of, are you waiting on God or is God waiting on you? Right. And I never want God to be waiting on me. Amen. It can be a reality, but that's not what I want. I don't want God to be waiting on me. Um, and I think it's helpful for us to say, maybe we are waiting for um, additional clarity or a particular answered prayer, right? For funds to become available for whatever. But I, I say, what has God already 
made clear that you can take action on, right? Yeah. That you can make the step on while you're waiting for the rest of the fruition to come. Uh, because sometimes it's, you gotta step into the water. It's like Naaman who um, had the leprosy and he had to step into the water and then dip. Like it's right there. But you got to walk to the water and step in and then start dipping, right? And then at some point, it's going to come. But you got to make those steps and just trust that it's going to be there, whether or not you understand it. You know, I don't think Naaman understood that. Like, yeah, dipping in this dirty water going to make my skin right? Like, okay, we're just going to do it. So, Uh, don't you find oftentimes it's our own issues with control? It's oh, not for necessarily. Sure. <laughs> we want it all spelled out. Check, 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 check. And then once you give me all that, God, then I can move. Yeah, it's it doesn't control, work that way. It's control and it's either a fear of failure or success, right? There's some sort of fear there. Like I want to control it all so that I can determine my rate of success I don't want to be seen as a failure. Um, So if I don't try, if I don't start, then I can't fail at it, right? And some people, they can be afraid of success and like, what if this is wildly successful? What do I do from there? Like, how do I, it can go any way, but that it's, I mean, I guess it really becomes this pride thing, right? Absolutely. Um, It just seems to be the root of so many things. And that's why I was like, Shaw, you get one take. I come from a very creative, exact, you know, design background, right? So I want precision. It needs to be excellent. Um, And so I knew that if I was focused on that, I'm now focused on me, how people see me, how people love me, hate me, whatever, and not on God and what he is going to do. And so it was this own like battle with what I know my sinful nature is to say, it's going to be fine. Even today when I was, I was like, what do I wear? Like, I was like, Shala, you are a photographer. You are going to wear black on black. Like you do, you got photo shoots today. So you are going to wear black like you do every other day. So let's <laughs> keep it moving with your little Fabletics jacket. It's going to be fine. You're going to put some red lipstick Perfect. and keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, well, in regards to, you know, talking about all these great things that, um, in leadership that we need to keep in mind, I I always like to ask the ladies that are on the show with me, what was the best piece of advice regarding your business, regarding your, um, your calling in business specifically that you've ever had and how did you apply it? Oh my goodness. What is the best piece of advice? Oh, um, let's see. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm thinking about relationships. Um, and I don't know if this is a advice or if this is example that was set for me. Um, so when I got started in business, it were, it was women who were ahead of me, who became my first clients, who poured into me, Mm. um, believed in me, set me projects, even though I didn't really believe in myself all that much. Um, And so it was this desire. So so what my advice then becomes is pay it forward 
invest in the people just as someone invested in you because sometimes we can we like to think that we are self-made when we are not um and so it is this um sense of saying hey how do i help somebody else um, because i know how much i was helped um and then to just be vulnerable right and i think that's mm. the um that's something that was learned the hard way, right? When business number one started struggling, I was like, how did I lose 66% of my revenue? Like overnight, like, how did that happen? And this was part of God moving me into a new season because he knew I wasn't going to let it go on my own. Uh, I'm not, the, I, I like to think I'm obedient, but I'm not that obedient. Like he needs I to hear like, pull things <laughs> from me um, to get me to let go of things that I considered to be my baby. Um, but being vulnerable and just saying, oh man, it's not good. Funk has hit the fan and I'm struggling. And it just, when I got to that place where I could just be like, nah, it's not all right. <laughs> like I'm over here hustling and trying to make, you know, uh, a dollar out of 15 cent, as they used to say. Um, so many other people around me suddenly could breathe because they were holding the pretense as well. Mm. And it was just like, oh, I can be honest and I can still be respected, valued, loved, not seen as a fit. Yeah, join, join, let's do tea. Um, so yes. that would be, I guess, the advice that I would give, um, but just know, um pay it forward let other people invest in you and then invest in others i love it well and you actually hit on my other question that i ask you know, there's we have three pillars with masterpiece women one is authentic relationships second mm -hmm. is personal professional growth and third is um impact the world for good and mm -hmm. so um one of the questions i always like to ask is how does authenticity play a role in your leadership style. Mm. And I mean, you kind of shared a little bit about that, but um, I would love for you to expand on that a little bit yeah. if anything comes to mind. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about ministry. Um, like it, when I first started working on staff um, and I was, you know, I had my team that uh, was built of youth leaders and this was something that I, I did in the business world, right? With my team um, and my design firm, I was always super honest with them uh, to the point that I'm flat crying right in front of my team when when funk hit the fan. And I would I, I brought like my quiet time journal to the office with me for staff meeting. And I had I had studied uh, in Exodus where um, it's the parting of the Red Sea and Moses had to have his left and his right hand held up for him. And that was the request that I gave to my team. I was like, I need you guys to help me hold these hands up. Mm. Uh, and they were so down there like, what do you need? How can we do this? Like, we are supporting you. We are like riding or dying with you, okay? Um, and I needed to be able to, to be that way, but this was a culture that was developed over the years 
that I could be honest with them and they would still call me their fearless leader. They would still follow me wherever it was that I was going to go. And so when I came into ministry, I took that same uh, practice because here's the thing that I've recognized um, in church context. A lot of leaders, um, whether they are lay leaders or pastors, they do not feel or have not created the space to be open because they feel like because they carry a title, they have to be on their game. They have to be um, super spiritual. And I mean, I hope you are. I hope you are being filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Um, But almost in an inhuman way. And so with my youth leaders, yeah, I was like, y'all don't think I'm crazy. Cause I'm about to let, I'm gonna, I'm gonna air all my dirty laundry. I was like, look, I got in a fight. My husband thinks I'm crazy right now. Things are not well in the Graham household. Okay. SOS. I need y'all send some prayers up. And it's just one of those things where they were like, oh, oh, you <laughs> have like, issues too. You're yeah, human. No, it's Rocky over here. It's Rocky over here. Okay. It's <laughs> send, send plane, send help. Uh, send Western, no. Uh, but it was just one of those things where I was like, I need to be vulnerable. I need y'all to see the crazy in my eyes because the crazy is real. Sometimes I'm in step with the Holy Spirit and sometimes I'm not. And I think for, for my leaders, it made them feel like, oh, I can, I can do this. Like I can lead other people without having to be perfect. Because I think there are a lot of women that God has called into leadership in some form or fashion, but they just, I don't know enough. I'm not holy enough. And it's like, how many people are on the sidelines who should be in the game because they have a perception cast down from the leaders ahead of them that make them feel like they can't do this because they're not open. They're not vulnerable. Um, And so I always try to do that. And I think that's where true discipleship happens. When people can feel like I can trust you because you're a real human being, you Mm -hmm. got real problems. So I'm not only watching you for the things that you do well, but also the things that you don't do well, because I'm learning from it. And I'm, I'm learning to give myself grace. Absolutely. We're not, now, you know, sometimes we get a little, we give ourselves a little too much grace. I'm not talking about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it goes the other extreme too. It's like, okay, there's gotta be accountability you for know, sin. I got all kind of freedom in Christ, <laughs> which is one of my favorite. I am so free in Christ. Okay. All right. But don't lose your freedom as a license to sin. Okay. Amen. Let's keep it together. Um, but it, I think it's just so important as leaders of any kind to be able to just be fully present because you're going to crack. Like real talk, you are going to crack if you have to keep um, keeping your glass house super pristine, right? You're going to crack. So throw your own stone dag on it and just exactly be okay with it. Be okay. And don't you find, Charlotte, like when you're, um, when you're sharing from a vulnerable, authentic place, people, it gives them the freedom to do the same. And I know so many, I, you know, I can sit and make a list of my successes, mm-hmm. but the reality is they don't teach near, near what my failures teach to other mm-hmm. people. When I can share from a vulnerable place of, look, I made this mistake or, you know, in mm-hmm. business, these are the things I did wrong. Mm-hmm. 
I can tell you all the things I did right. And that's good. It got me where I was, but that's mm -hmm. not what's of value. Um, oftentimes where I see that people really learn is when I'm being vulnerable and sharing my mistakes, because it mm -hmm. gives them a permission to be human mm -hmm. B. Oh, well, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. I that's, mm -hmm that's okay to have a failure. It's okay to try something and not work or to, you know, have a business, you know, so many of these great leaders that you speak to have had massive failures. And that's a lot of where their teaching comes from is not from their mm -hmm. wins. It's from the failures. And so mm -hmm. I think if people would get their pride out of their way and they would really be more authentic and real and vulnerable with that, not mm -hmm. only will they be a better leader, the people underneath them become much better leaders because they will emulate that. And there's right. so much value in those failures and those, those difficulties, mm -hmm. you know, even it's like the phrase, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Now I was thinking about how we have the phrase, you know, learn from my mistakes or learn from others mistakes. Like that presumes that mistakes were made, Absolutely. right? Like it's just, <laughs> Even in our pains, it's interesting because when I went to lead a movement, the first event that we had to fundraise $10,000 for these projects, and we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, this is back 10 years ago, actually, and it was for human trafficking projects around the world. Well, God called me on a mission trip to India, and the very first time I'd ever shared my testimony was in this group, mm. in this mission trip, and it was so it's been about 12 years ago, I guess now, and it was like the lights went on because I recognized I never shared that part of me. That was my mm -hmm. hidden pain that nobody knew, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was hiding. I just didn't feel like it was ever necessary to share it. And mm -hmm. what God revealed in that moment was everyone in that room, number one, had this false picture of who Tina was. Mm -hmm. They thought, oh, she must have had a golden spoon. She must have done this. She must this. They most of them had come to my house, and yes, mm -hmm. I'd been very successful. Blah blah blah. But they didn't see any of the heartache or the pain or any mm -hmm. of the abuse and the poverty mm -hmm. and all that I actually grew up in. And mm -hmm. it's like they saw me as a whole different person. And I knew that day that shame on me that I was not sharing that side of me because that's yeah. really where the growth was. And that's really where I could. And from that day forward, fast forward, I had this big event. I have hundreds of people at my fundraiser and I shared my testimony publicly in South Florida and it opened up a huge um, opportunity for women to then share their stories with me and be able to yeah. heal. And God took it to the next level. And I see so often that people try to avoid sharing their pain or their failures, but man, is it rich when you do, because God yeah. can use it like never before. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. where the good stuff is. Yeah. Right. So ladies, if you're watching us today, you're hearing us on the podcast today, I want to encourage you, be authentic, be real, share it and grow from it and heal from it. Cause you can't mm -hmm. really have true healing either till you get more vocal you, mm -hmm. and you really um, share the pain and the um, difficulties. It just suddenly, it just gets easier and easier and easier. Yeah. And God just heals it and prunes it and, 
you know, it's just, it's a beautiful cycle once you're open and authentic and real. So we're really trying to impress that um, to the ladies that are involved in Masterpiece Women so that they can too have that um, just fruit of mm-hmm. what God wants to do because he uses it all incredibly. So yeah. yeah, such good stuff. So, well, I am so excited that you came on today with us and that um, you were willing to risk being on here with us and you didn't even know who <laughs> I was or is it some crazy woman reaching out to me? I'm like, oh, I love your blog. Will you talk <laughs> on my podcast? <laughs> I love it. Throw it against the wall, see if it sticks. It did. See, ladies, <laughs> it works. It so, works. God bless you. I'm so excited to have you. And is there anything else you'd like to leave the ladies with a golden nugget before we close out nugget. today? Um, oh, so this is something that God impressed upon me that he reminded me recently. Um, I don't need to just be doing things for him. Sometimes I just need to be with him. Um, and I think as we are kingdom minded, which is great, right. And we want to do amazing things in God's name. Sometimes God just needs us to be with him, mm-hmm. to not need him for anything, um, or to feel like we have to work to impress or to do, um, but we need to be restored. And a lot of times it's because we are not taking Sabbath rest right? We have excused ourselves. Like we are so free in Christ. I don't need the Sabbath. Boo-boo. Let me let you know. (laughs) If you do not rest, if you do not learn to enjoy the gift that God has given you in rest, you will burn out in your journey to complete your calling. So rest and just be with God and you will find that he will reignite your dreams and your vision and you will hear him so much more clearly for all of you who are in analysis paralysis. You will hear him so much more clearly if you give him more room to just pour into you. Absolutely. I love that. That's, that's, that was God speaking to you to me as well today. How about you ladies? Today, what I was talking about was like with, um, with Moses and you think about all God wanted to do was to let the Israelites go for three days to worship him. He just Mm. wanted them to worship him. And it was such a Mm. huge monstrous battle and all that we all know what went with it, Mm -hmm. but he just wants us to worship him. He wants us to be rest with him and just be with him, be in that intimate yeah. relationship with them. I love that. So you, you're speaking to me too, and I'm definitely going <laughs> to um, work on that myself a little, but I tend to be a little bit of an overachiever as I'm sure many of us on this call tend to be. So we're going to commit to resting and taking the Sabbath and just breathing him in. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, thank you again for being with us. And I look forward to having you again sometime. And yeah. I have feeling we'll be reconnected again because I love what you're doing and I love um, how God's using you. So thank you again for being with us. You're welcome. Have a great day, ladies.